0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Total Italian Football podcast. Here to talk about match day 26 of the 23 24 Serie A season. I'm back in the host seat. I can't actually remember the last time I was here, but I don't have a full house of friends with me. I am Connor Clancy. I do have Vito Doria here with me. Vito, it looks like it's sunny where you are, and I'm a little bit envious, but how are you?
1: I'm good. And um, believe it or not, it's not sunny, but. Unfortunately, the sunlight seems to be hitting my bedroom directly. Um, other than that, Connor, how are you? It seems like you were missed on the pod, at least from what we were told off air.
0: Hang on, what what was told off air? I've immediately forgotten what we spoke about just before we came. Oh, uh, let's
1: off. let's just say that there was apparently a complaint about to the way the pod was two weeks ago <laughs> without you on it and. Uh,
0: Th- that
1: has been kev and I.
0: Yeah. I i was going to last week and give you and kev both the right of reply to the <laughs> to the unnamed complaint um that we received <laughs> but i passed it on to you guys and i i think you and kev dealt with it in in your own four hands between yous last week and you, you dealt with it very very well but i am back i will be here to try and rein you guys in but kev's not here so <laughs> Would be an easy enough night's work for me this evening. We do also have Ewan Burns here, though, Vito, and Ewan Burns can be a little bit funny sometimes, like a misbehaving child at the back row of a school classroom. While he abruptly puts his phone down and smiles at me, "Hello, Ewan."
2: Phone's not down yet. You, you don't worry in that sort of respect. He'll go down shortly. Oh my okay. There's
0: absolutely no need to just have a pop
2: up right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's happened now, isn't it? So. Do
0: you want to go back to hosting all the time? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Anybody wants that. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> I think we we have a nice little system at the moment, don't we? Like between you, Kev and I, we basically do one hosting job a month, and it seems to work quite nicely on this. When rotation. did we last
2: have all four? It must be a while now. We've been on a bad run for that. So, yeah, sorry. we
0: have. We have. It has been kind of all over the place recently, but that's just the way this season has been, I suppose. But the listeners don't care about that, do they? They care about the football that we're here to talk about. We are recording on Sunday night, fresh after Milan-Atalanta, so obviously Roma Torino and Fiorentino Lazio haven't been played yet. So we will not be talking about those games. We will talk about the eight that have, though, and it all kicked off on Friday evening with Bologna going fourth as they beat Verona 2-0 at home and Remo Freuler scored, which broke my little heart a little bit, but also made me very happy because I will love him for as long as I continue to breathe. Um, Alessio Dionisi was sacked as a solo coach after they lost 3-2 at home to Empoli. And they're really, really, really in a big spot of trouble. They are now on 20 points level with Verona in 18th. So it's not looking good for the Nero already after, what is it, 10 years now in the top flight. Serenitana lost 2-0 at home to Monza. Genoa beat Udinese 2-0 at home. Um, Udinese went down to 10, I believe. There's a red card there. You won't be surprised to know I didn't watch any of it, just making sure it wasn't a, a weird substitute being sent off. No, it was Christensen. They did go down to 10, men. That much is factually true. Two yellow cards as well in that one. Frozanoni-Juventus, Juventus-Frozanoni rather, was a thriller in the, the Sunday lunch match. These games aren't usually, but Juve won 3-2. Daniele Rugani, the unlikely hero, late on there. Cagliari-Napoli finished 1-1, the Paterno pages. It's it's just not their season, thing. is it? Lecce lost 4-0 at home to Inter and then Milan-Atalanta finished 1-1 to end Sunday's action at the San Siro in what I thought was actually quite an OK game, wasn't brilliant it wasn't terrible alessandro by was there though and from editing his report i don't think he agrees with me all that much but you'll have to go to total hype and italian to read that one anyway i think we should start in a slightly unconventional place today and you and i'm gonna insist that we start talking about juventus frozen on it where the bianconeri won three two Dusan Vlaovic scored very early on, but Frozenoni pegged them back. Then Frozenoni went 2-1 up, and Vlaovic pegged them back, and it looked like it was going to end in more disappointment for Juve until the 95th minute, when Daniela Rugani looked like a number nine and finished brilliantly to give Juve all three points.
2: It was a weirdly good finish, wasn't it? Because I didn't see this one live, but when I went to go and have a little look, um, and I obviously knew that he had got the winner, I thought, well, this will be a header from a... A corner or a free kick from the side, um, but yeah, it was actually a very sort of weirdly instinctive, quite cool finish. Vlahovic um, looked fantastic, obviously, particularly in that first half, um, and it must be—it's got to be like—it's got to be really in his head that that Lautaro is doing so well, and that they're often sort of pitted against one another, but there actually hasn't really been that good of a like a contest between the two of them. Um, but he looked like. The sort of player who could actually bring some sort of contest to Lazaro, who then went on to score two goals of his own anyway <laughs> later in the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we, we mentioned off air that Bracolini scored for Frosinone, and I, I think he's really good. I like him. Um, to quote he you, of, he's good at the me, game. Yeah, he's good at the game. He did. He scored a goal, and I think Vito mentioned mm-hmm. that he should have got another one as well. It was actually you. You covered this one, didn't you, Vito?
1: Yes, I did cover this for total italianfootball.com. And especially in that first half, um, Frosinone did look like they were really putting you under the serious pressure. And Brescianini, he scored a nice goal to give Frosinone the lead. And um, yeah, I can't actually remember the exact chance that nearly did, but he came very close and he was in a good position. So, um, in general, I think he's a good player too.
0: Can we continue to talk about Dusan Vlahovic a little bit? Because the commentator on the feed that I was watching it on was quite insistent that he is Serbia's main man this twenty twenty four. But you and you're making faces at that already, so I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm just going to let you jump in and say why you made that face.
2: Well, I've, I've heard this a few times, and it, it's it's he's a, a player I like, um, but he has been I think underachieving for for the talent he's got. And yet, yes, it's very relevant that the type of team he's in, the way that they play, isn't conducive to scoring 25 goals in a season. But I, you know, I think there's evidence to suggest that he is better than the amount of goals he actually has been scoring. I think he has, he, he has the ability to be like the main man or one of the main men in Serie A, but I wouldn't say he's been that.
0: Ewan Burns hates dushan Vlau, which is the headline to take from that. I think so, yeah. Or it was probably more about Allegri, that, to be fair. Can I can I ask a question, Vizo? What's wrong with Federico Chiesa?
1: I I thought it's just down to match fitness because it seems that, you know, he's had some fitness issues lately and he doesn't look as energetic as he usually is. But then I see comments on social media, and it's just the same excuse of um, Chiesa not being suited to a legacy system that he should play as a winger. And in truth, I think playing in a three man attack where he's wide is going to get the best out of him, too. I don't think he's a support striker.
3: Have we
0: had this argument about Chiesa from a different perspective before, though? I seem to remember. Times where Chiesa was being played as like a wing back, and people were saying that he needs to get higher up the pitch, and now he's almost too high up the pitch and he needs to get a bit further back and out wide. Is part of the job of a professional footballer, especially somebody with what we think is his potential, not to be able to adapt and to operate in different roles and to learn?
1: Uh, I see that aspect of it, but I think also. I think this is one of those things about the Italian game that, one, you know, players just get yoed around. And secondly, uh, especially in Allegri's philosophy, if you like, uh, creative players do get stifled a little bit. Uh, another thing I'll point out, too, is I think it's also reflective of the current generation of Italian footballers. I think a lot of players are only really suited to specialised roles or can function in certain Systems, if you like, so uh, I think that as talented as Federico Chiesa is, be used as either a wing back or a support strike, they might work from time to time. But I reckon his best performances have been as a winger, and we've seen that at Fiorentina, Juventus, and also with the Italian national team.
0: Mm. Yeah, the you meant to stay second with that win, they've got a little bit more breathing space to third because Milan obviously dropped a couple of points at home to Atalanta, but Juventus are very much second and not anywhere near first. And the reason for that, Ewan, is because Inter just keep on winning. They went and won away 4-0 this week. And Kev kind of stole my thunder a little bit here. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm pleased that he said it the same week that I was planning to say it before I couldn't actually do the podcast last week. He officially decided to say that Inter are now champions-elect and I had decided that I was going to do that same thing last week. It's hard to argue with it at this point, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I think that is more than fair. I, I was I was working with an interfan this evening. And um, I, I hadn't seen what the score was until I had a little look. And it was 4-0.
0: Were you and working with Adriano today?
2: I was. Actually, he's formerly of this parish, is he not? He is. Or he... in a way.
0: <laughs> Formerly, of the, in a way, he's someone that's close to us all. I've met him. I, I think I might have met him twice. Did I? Did I meet him in Toronto when I went? I can't quite remember, but I feel like I met him in Toronto for a beer, as well as meeting him in Milan. But anyway, that's not the point, is it? Um, continue, Hugh. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can't answer that for you. Um, yeah, I, 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 what sort of came to my mind was I just said to him, it, 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 "I see the inter refusing to be interesting again because we're sort of." Not waiting for, but all they can do now, in order to sort of switch things up, is to collapse. And obviously, that there is a small part of everyone that that thinks that that could happen, just for not for any evidence of this team, but just in an intimate sense. Yeah. Um, but but there, there really, really isn't a sign. Like, you know, Lecce haven't been up to a great deal, but you know, you get towards the end of February. Away against a team like Lecce. It's the sort of game where you, you you think, oh, I won't pay attention, and then you have a look and you realize they're one nil down with 10 minutes left or something. And you think, oh well, wow, that's a bit interesting. They're not doing any of that. <laughs> and, um you know, they they just seem to blitz them in about 10 minutes. Um they are already one nil up, but then they they just absolutely blitz them for a little period of time. And like I said earlier, Lataro score twice again, because he, he just cannot stop. They just look relentless.
0: I, I kind of have my eye on this one as well. I'm particularly disappointed that they just swatted Lecce out in the way that they did, mm. because I thought they've just played Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, which is a test. It doesn't matter how much you rate Atletico Madrid. They are a difficult team to play against. Even if you win 2 or 3-0, they're, they're going to make your life difficult and miserable, and you're probably going to leave a little bit battered and bruised after playing them and they've also got Atalanta coming up this midweek so i thought maybe that let's again might catch them almost a little bit cold veto but it didn't and while i do agree <laughs> with you and what he says that we're all kind of not expecting but we wouldn't be too surprised if a little proper funny patch did come because it's inter it, it doesn't look like it's going to come at all they're just going to stroll to the title and have it wrapped up by march at some point at this rate.
1: I reckon that's how it's going to pan out. There have been many times in the past, and you know, this is just talking about the last two or even three decades, that Inter have historically been known to squander total chases. Uh, however, with a combination of the other teams not being consistent enough and the Nerazzurri just being very reliable and consistent this season, uh, there's a lot to suggest that they'll be able to wrap up uh, total no time, and although they do have these games coming up, and they had the Atleti game midweek, um, they're showing that they're able to get the results and perform well.
0: 100%. Even Stefan the Rose popping up with goals now, and when that's happening, you know, your luck is in. I think we did have a good game this evening, or a good game on paper. I'll let you tell me how good you thought it was in reality but Milan won Atalanta won Milan kind of raced into an early lead Rafael Leao looked like he was going to have one of those games he scored his first Serie A goal since I believe September of last year and it was a really nice goal as well although I do I I do seem to be the only one wondering why Marco Kanazeki didn't at least raise a hand um but John Cup leveled up from the penalty spot a soft penalty, but very much a a 23, 24 penalty, um, allowed him to to level things up. But Milan will probably be the the more disappointed of the two sides. But I think both sides will probably be pleased that they didn't lose.
2: Yeah, a bit of that and a bit of it kind of doesn't help either of them in the sense that Milan are trying to catch you, though, um, mm-hmm. and like they for a period of time they they were able to sort of. Sort of play the card of we're just consolidating third and we'll try and win the Europa League because Juve were far enough ahead. But obviously, that little little collapse that Juve had means that, you know, they, like Milan, do actually need to aim to finish above Juve now if they want to uh, be ambitious. Um, and then obviously, Atalanta are right in the thick of that Champions League fight and they, they seem to all be fighting over one spot. Um, so all of the points are important. I thought the game was very good for a bit um, second half I, I'm struggling to remember much of what happened in the second half and, and it only just happened but the first half was quite good fun. Um, the penalty was weird like I don't quite know where I stand with it
0: When I saw it at first I didn't. it didn't register with me that it, there was a possible foul but then as soon as I saw the first replay I thought well it's 100% going to be a penalty and I'm with you in that I don't feel that it necessarily should be a penalty, but given the way things are at the moment, it just is a penalty. It,
2: it sort of felt inconsequential what happened, but also like he kicked him. so mm. <laughs> he did kick him in the box. Um, it's just the fact that he was basically kicked on the shoulder. It, it sort of just makes you feel like, okay, well, it, you know, it didn't do anything, did it? It didn't like affect anything that happened. But then again, that's not necessarily how it works. Um,
0: that's a dangerous if we are to open that as a precedent it is quite dangerous Um, but I I don't know it it was a funny one, it was a very very funny one should we talk about the Leo goal a little bit more it's played overnight so I'm not just ignoring you but just so the listeners don't think we're (laughs) putting you out you've woken up very early to do this podcast so this game was played at a crazy time But
2: I I do get what you're saying about Kanaseki but well, I was—I I just think it—he kicked it so hard, <laughs> like I, I think, he, think he, there was think a little he, twitch of the arm, but it just happened too fast.
0: He can't have been shocked that the shot came in, and goalkeepers are renowned for being quite fast with their reactions. I was—I like Karnaizky. I don't think he's quite at the level that everyone kind of wants him to be just yet. And I think last year Cremonese showed that he made a lot of. He had a lot of really impressive games, but he also had a lot of clangers. And I think with Atalanta, his kind of path to outright number one has been fast-tracked by the fact that Juan Musso's kicking off a little bit. But I don't think he's that clear of Musso as being a much better goalkeeper. And I know a lot of Atalanta fans disagree with me on that, but I, I want my goalkeeper to do a little bit more than not move his arms when a shot's going close to his head.
2: I actually just looked up Juan Musa so because I forgot about him. And I thought, oh, did he leave? That seems odd because he was like, he felt firmly number one. um He's also older than I thought. Do you know how old he is?
0: Juan Musa, I yeah. would guess he's 32.
2: Oh, well, he's, he's 29. Oh, okay. I had him had he was about like 25, 26. Because he <laughs> just looked it. <laughs> Um but yeah, I, so I, I because think
0: nobody in their thirties would would accidentally post a photo of their <laughs> Willy online like he did that time.
2: <laughs> no, that's that's just footballer behavior regardless of age. Um <laughs>
0: It's always nice to remember that happened though, isn't it? Because it was very funny.
2: As soon as I looked him up, my my head straight away, I've, I've seen his Willy. <laughs> um it's impossible to think of him and not think that now. Um but yeah, I, 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 I do
0: me messages about that
2: <laughs> <laughs> i do i do get what you mean about the goal but um i as, as a lover of the game i'm going to focus on the good shot rather than um
0: well you said he, he, he made a... you do a bit what did he what did he do not a sight you did a big gasp
2: no oh, i did yeah i i was just sat by myself but i did a big gasp But I, I, my you jaw did to drop
0: gasp to try bait me
2: Oh uh, no i didn't actually i, I yeah. shan't i shan't take credit for that <laughs> that okay. just happened.
0: Okay, because if you had to capitalize the G, I would have been coming for you.
2: That would be quite a funny thing to do, actually. I'm actually quite annoyed now. So let's move on.
3: Move
2: us wow. on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> move us on there. <laughs> no, you're, you. can do it. You're in charge.
0: Um, Adamola Lookman's back. General Lucas Kamaka was awful. Oh my came. god.
2: That bit at the touched. end. You know. Jesus. was. I
0: don't know how he did it. It was one of those moments where when it happened... He didn't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, it was was incredible. So, Scobacca's been quite poor with Atalanta. He's had little moments here and there, but he scored in a recent game, and apologies because I can't remember what it was, but it was in front of the curva at Atalanta, and he held his hands up as if to say, sorry, I know I've been rubbish. And then he hit that, and it was i don't often when i'm watching football audibly react in ways that aren't just oh my god that was good what happened there but once go back into that i was like
2: what the fuck are you doing yeah if i were him i'd have feigned an injury then and gone down because that was that was the only reason why you would like he'd, he'd, he'd not long come on didn't he? i don't know when that he'd was, come on but really he didn't annoying. start <laughs> So and, get, he oh, wasn't wasn't knackered. He hadn't just done a massive sprint like up the whole length of the pitch or something. That, those sorts of things would have made it kind of fair. But I, I, for anyone's I can't even really explain what happened, but he, he Lander
0: just Lander sort of Lander tried
2: break. to... He tried to back onto a pass, didn't he?
0: It was three against three, wasn't it? And Atalanta were mm-hmm. breaking, and you would have fancied them to get a shot off because it was Luckman. Um, good God. Skamaka, and I can't remember who the other player was. It might have been Cope Miners. Or Edison, I think, and the ball was switched out to the right to Skamaka, and not wide right either, just wide to, to the right of the boxish, and he True. just the the touch was something that I would expect one of us three to do if we were in that position. But then one of us three would probably try to make up for the fact yeah, that it was, it was really a bad, bad to touch followed just...
2: up by the most half-assed little rum that you've ever seen.
0: It's like he just it hit him, and he just kind of went. Oh well, that's yeah. that's gone then. It was okay. the sort of thing
2: in in the hundred and tenth minute when a player's <laughs> been on from the start. You go, oh, that they're, they're absolutely dead on their feet. Yeah, fair enough. But <laughs> not long, come on. There was just no excuse for it. And oh, like, he, for his sake, you better have a hamstring injury or something to, to to make sense of that.
0: Can we talk about Kalasenac? Just because I was very entertained by him this evening because I don't think there's another player in Serie A and get in touch if you can think of one listeners but I don't think there's another player in Serie a that could be elbowed in the face by his own teammate to the point where he starts bleeding quite a lot from his head and not notice it's just really yeah,
2: hard sort of go with the stereotypes that's quite Balkan isn't it so he's, he just seems really hard <laughs> this
0: is a man who was being robbed and just went for the robbers. <laughs> Do you remember that clip? <laughs> Him and Oz when they were at Arsenal. I was yeah.
3: I'm, I'm so yeah.
0: pleased that he's at the club I support now because it's nice to have a a potential loose cannon mm. and an absolute maniac in the back three.
2: It but, was an odd signing that but it, it was quite a smart one overall.
0: It was odd in the fact that most people forgot that he existed and mm. forgot where he was. Where did he come from? Was it Schalke
2: He was originally at Schalke, then he went to Arsenal. um, But then I can't remember where he was in between, although I will be able to tell you very shortly. You're doing a little Google. Marseille, you went to.
0: Oh, God. Well, they're kind of the French Schalke of late, aren't they? They're a bit unreliable. But let's move on, Shelby. We're just... where we're doing one of those, like... Off air chat just...
2: that's harsh on Marcel.
0: <laughs> veto, veto, veto. Can we talk about Bologna because everybody loves Bologna? They're fourth. Um, as do have a game in hand, it is away at Inter, so they probably won't win and overtake them, but they do have a chance to overtake them in midweek. Um, but the Bologna story just keeps continuing, keeps them pressing.
1: Yes, it does continue. Uh, they maintained a good form as well as good performances, and then. Uh... And this game, uh, I think you've got to say that Fabian was probably the best player scoring the opening goal and then having involvement in the Froyla one.
0: Yeah, he's been one of those not quite under the radar players because I think everybody's aware of his worth to Bologna. But if you're not keeping a close eye on Serie A every week, you could quite easily not be aware of his existence even. But he's started into that midfield and again, we, we've said this quite a few times, but this is a Bologna team that have changed quite a lot in recent seasons. Before Mota came in, even under Mihailovic, they were changing a little bit. And then obviously there was quite a big transition with everything that surrounded Mihailovic's departure and everything that happened behind the scenes there and, and all sorts. But he's one of those players that you think, well, he's probably not going to be at Bologna next season. Whether they're in the Champions League or not, you'd imagine someone will come in for him.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, I just think that you know if um, Inter would uh, bring him back, or you know he'd be going to a different club depending on where he would fit in. However, I think if Bologna can keep him for another season, I think it would be a big plus because he seems to be a very effective player for someone his age. He's someone that can make some good contributions going forward, and there are already a few other players who do well. You know, someone like Lewis Ferguson, he's okay. he's also a key player for them.
0: He is a key player for them. They've got a really nice midfield, aren't they? Good God, Fabian Ferguson and Remo Froiler, who
1: I'll never have a bad word said about. <laughs> no. Well, Fre- yeah. Well, obviously, nope. you know how good he is, but I think between his energy, even at, even at his age, and the experience he provides what is still a relatively young Rosa Blue team, I think Froyler does make a difference and they're a good unit i think uh sartori the director is building up a nice team there
0: yeah sartori look obviously he's got the atalanta bass he knew what he was doing when he brought remo Freud to that club it's just such an easy win of a signing absolute gem of a player i said on i can't remember where it was probably twitter or was that on the podcast someone responded unhappily anyway saying that i, I think freuder might be a a silent contender for signing of the season back when before a ball had been kicked this season and, someone was like, <laughs> and i'm just gonna just gonna sit there sip on my tea you and you raised a hand
2: um one element of interest with bologna that by, by having to write about AC Milan's constant interest in um Zexa, there's supposedly um but Bayern Munich have really got their tentacles in with that deal when they sold him to Bologna, because they can buy him back for forty million as a as a blanket. How much? Forty million. I
0: think it said um, four, and I I not think that is. Bad.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, you'd supposedly Bologna want like as far as they're concerned, they could get like Hoyland money for him because they're going well. He's scoring more than. Hoyland did in his last season at Atlanta. Um, but apparently, also, if they sell him elsewhere, Bayern get 50% of the sale. So, like, they're, they're not necessarily oh. going to. Uh, it sort of it, it makes me fear for them slightly in the sense that they'll probably sell him this summer, but they're not necessarily going to get a huge chunk that can be mm. reinvested. They might get less than you might initially think. They Um, might
0: only get a pint of milk from that
2: big potential cash cow. Yes, very nice. Um, (laughs) The one thing I'm not 100% sure about is whether it's 50% of the sale or the profit, um, which would be even worse. Um, But yeah, either way, 50% is quite a lot. So Bayern might have something to cheer about in the summer, which won't be for trophies.
0: Yeah, well, let's not <laughs> curse that because it looked like they weren't going to win it last year, but they did. But it would be very fun if they didn't win it this year. Um, speaking of fun things, Napoli aren't having much of it, are they? Unfortunately, they went away to Cagliari. They looked like they were going to get a win. Victor Ossian scored after 65 minutes, following up his midweek goal as well against Barcelona. Um, But good God, they conceded Vito in the 96th minute and they just can't catch it. They left with with a point.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been a great season for them at all. And although I don't think Calzone has done too badly, I do think that on paper, Napoli should still be beating this Cayeti team. Uh, To be honest, I was actually hoping that uh, Gianluca Gaetano for Cagliari, who's on loan from Napoli, was going to continue his scoring run, but it wasn't to be. But uh, Lavumbo got the equaliser and to me he's been one of the bright spots for the Isolani. Whenever I've seen them play, he usually plays good and he adds a bit of an X factor too.
0: Yeah. I, I, sorry, I can't think straight at the moment because I didn't see this game, but I saw a clip and I can't work out if it's real or not. Did you see Ossiman's misses?
2: I've literally just come across said clip. Is that real? The dorm hits the post,
0: and then hits the post again from in front oh, of right. so the post.
2: It's the first shot. Of him as well. The clip I've got seems. I think it starts a bit too abruptly. So the ball is just heading towards the post. Then he has another pop and hits the post. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's Describe not great.
0: Describe where he hits the post from, Ewan.
2: It's like from an from an angle. How close oh, you mean the time? second time? Yeah. Oh, the second the second time is... is <laughs> let's just count the yards. It can't be more than three. I
0: don't think <laughs> it can be as much as three.
2: He's a chunk into the six-yard box. That's
0: it's a stinker, it's, isn't
2: it? Certainly less than four. And not more than three. <laughs> Make
0: not more than mean. three? <laughs> so
2: two? Anywhere between three and four. No, not two. Two would be silly.
0: Right in listeners if you're impressed that was <laughs> <universe. laughs> <laughs> no, an absolute stinker but it, it's i'm sorry napoli fans it's funny it is a bit funny it's sad because we were all very happy last year when napoli were good and we'd all wanted napoli to be good for quite a long time but there is something Undeniably entertaining about a team that were so good last year falling to absolute pieces like this, especially when the president is the way that he is, and I'm not a big fan of him. So yeah, I like, it's like so explicitly no his fault. <laughs>
3: Do
0: you reckon? <laughs> so, I I'm very much in that camp, but I've seen a lot of people start to wonder if Spalletti is if Spalletti's hands are completely clean, and I would say yes, they absolutely are. But is there a discussion to be had there?
2: Well, wasn't wasn't the falling out that? Um... They exercised a, a an extension in his contract without discussing it with him. Yeah. And as far as he was concerned, that should have been that. That's what kind of started his decision to leave. Um, so yeah, his answer you, you was you well,
0: could... we're on course to win the title, which was never expected. So I'm probably in line for actually better terms than what we thought.
2: Yeah, yeah, they 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 extended it at non-title winning terms. Um. So you could say that's um, De Laurentiis' fault. Then it's your decision to get in Rudy Garcia, which actually in hindsight is actually might, might end up being the best of the three. No, right.
0: <laughs> Be careful how you frame that because it was a horrific decision and just because Walter Mazzari came after it doesn't make the Garcia decision any better. I've seen people being no. a bit revisionist recently already and saying, well, they were fourth when he was sacked. Yes, but as we've seen in Serie A this season, you can go from fourth to ninth very quickly. So being fourth doesn't mean you're doing that well. And Napoli were never doing well after the first couple of weeks of the season.
2: Fair, but you make it. Des- you should mid-season. Your your decision to sack someone should be informed by who you are then bringing in. Yes, and <laughs> and the fact that the next person was Walter Mazzari, Um says quite a lot. Um, was it was it nine goals in twelve or something that yeah, the 12 in 9,
0: the fewest, the fewest goals in Serie A in his yeah.
2: time, which is shocking with the players they've got. I know Osman was gone for a chunk of it, but even still. Um, and then, yeah, now I mean, yeah, it's two games, so I'm going to the guy, one of them's against Barcelona. Um, but they're probably not going to be revolutionized, are they?
1: No, I think they're just um, <laughs> waiting for the season to f- just. Be out of the way. It's just been so forgetful. And the reason I actually put my hand up was more to talk about Giacomo Raspadori. I've noticed this season that when he does start, he plays better. It doesn't look good when he's coming off the bench. Uh, I remember he was starting early on this season. He was playing because Scalia was not fit and he looked good in those games. And he started in this game instead of Matteo Politano. And he supplied the assist for... Oh, is he meant to score with that header? So, um, I th- also think that, you know, Politano is not producing his seat, his form from early in the season. And Quartetella, he's not looking as sharp as he did last season. So, I think Raspadori should just start more. Just let the guy play.
0: Where should we go now? Where should we go now? Sassuolo, Dionisi has been sacked. It's, it's kind of been a long time coming, sadly. I am... Um... Someone who likes him and likes what he tries to do with his teams. But a lot of Sassuolo fans were making the argument since about October this year that you can't see anything with his side. You can't see what he wants to do. You can't see anything resembling an idea. And Sassuolo are closer than they've been for quite a long time to getting relegated this season and losing 3-2 at home to Empoli having been one nil down very, very early, I think. It was it was probably time for Dionysi to go because it does look like something has just gone terribly, terribly stale there, Vito. but so that's what are a bang in trouble now.
1: They are, and I think that was the right word for it. They've gone stale. Uh, over the, the decade that they have been in Serie they've always been an exciting team to watch, being a good team collectively and domenico berardi was that talisman and provided the next factor i think when i look at the nero verdi now this goes beyond uh, berardi being the team or not i think just in general a lot of players don't look like they're capable of reaching their full potential or hitting um overreaching levels if you like you know um reaching a certain level and then raising the bar or exceeding expectations. I don't see any of that with the current squad. And it was clear that Dionisi was not the guy in the long term. So at the moment, they really need someone just to make sure they don't get relegated. And then next season, let's see if they can find a coach that can freshen them up and bring them some different ideas.
2: It is prime stick or twist territory, this, this decision, because... They've got thirteen games left. So you don't you don't really want to leave it if you if you think you might need to sack your coach, you don't want to leave it much later than that. And they their level with Verona and eighteen is having played a game less. So it's it's very much trust him or kick him out now kind of territory. And the problem and gone... is
0: though, the problem is the fella who was sitting on the opposite bench of Dionisi's last game, like Empoli yeah. already pressed the, the, the have it in a collar button before Sassuolo didn't. I said this to you, Ewan.
2: Them. they're in the country
0: but I said he'll keep them up because that's what he does and he won't finish next season but he'll keep em up this season and I don't think there's any I don't think anybody is saying em could get relegated now they are only what five points above the drop zone as high as 13th but they're not going to get relegated now are they but so who who do Sassuolo bring in from here what what happens now because Nicola's already employed
2: we just kind of spin the wheel, don't you? And one of the one of the names comes out.
0: I believe I heard that... What did Kev call him? The baseball cap man. Catman. Beppe, yeah. Beppe Gatini's back in, in business already with Barry, so he's not going to get a goal, thankfully. Good God, that's a man I never want to see in Serie A or near a club that I'm in some way affectionate towards ever again after his... His Parma spell, but Vito, who's who's gonna be the ferryman to to see sail follow through the rest of the season?
2: Walter sorry
0: <laughs> He can't. The Zeri rules he don't can't. allow him. He's already the rules out. <laughs> He'll be back at Napoli before the end of the season.
2: Jeez.
0: Oh,
1: well, I don't know how much truth there is in it, but I did see David De Ballardini's name floating around, and oh, wow. he's another
2: one. That's one league. from the wheel, though, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> very much one from the wheel. Oh, he'll be, yeah,
0: he's having the job, isn't
1: he? Yeah, I think so. And plus he's from the region as well, so it's a close what? trip from Cesena, wherever he's from.
0: That's very true. It's it's on the train line if he, if he doesn't fancy the drive. But what was his last bit of business, keeping Genoa up? in two different jobs, and then did he keep Cremonese up?
1: No, he got relegated with Cremonese. Oh. He started the Serie Big campaign with Cremonese, and then they replaced him with Giovanni Stroppa. Oh. Oh. That hurts. <laughs> doesn't it? <that, yeah. laughs> but... It does. It does. Oh,
3: get Balladini
0: back. Let, I'm just looking through his, his list of clubs now. He's never been at Sassuolo, so that... I don't know how that works, because he tends to just go between Palermo and Genoa, doesn't he? So I'm, I'm not sure how keen he'll be to, to wander this far into the Pianura Padana. And to be honest, I think I'd avoid it. His, his list of clubs include Cagliari-Pescara, Cagliari-Palermo. I'm just going to read them all. Lazio-Genoa-Cagliari, Genoa-Bologna, Palermo-Palermo, Genoa-Genoa-Cremonese. It didn't go well from the last time he was in the Pianura Padana, is all I'm saying. So, so maybe he'll avoid it again. He's a
2: younger one, but Paolo Zanetti is available.
1: Are you sure he's available?
2: Yeah, I've checked because he, <laughs> he popped into my head and I was like, what's he doing now?
1: Okay, <laughs> down, but he it. coached Bempley early in the season, so he did, he's yeah, barred. so he's, he's out, out as well. Come on, Burnsy, get up to date. Well,
2: this no, it wasn't this season, was it?
1: Yes, it was. Because was right, right. I'm, I'm trying to argue with Vito, but
2: <laughs> 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 you might be wrong.
0: No, you started the Andre...
2: season, mm. Oh well. Go on, Burnsy, say,
0: another, say, another, say another person that can't literally can't take the job
2: um me i'll do it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't my license mate
0: i'm just gonna follow bernsey's lead and speculate that Andrea the job Sochi. is gonna go to massimiliano allegri because he's got <laughs> a history of all and he can't take it so there you go um It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I very much don't want Sasquatch to get relegated because I like them. And I know people say, "Eh, they don't love the stadiums. Shut up. It's nice having them about. Vito, you know what I'm going to talk about. Genoa 1-2-0. The
1: only silver lining in this, well, there are two silver linings. Um, The first one is that... They bet with there, a team okay. that I think we all want to see relegated. That's number <laughs> one. Because let's face it, Genoa aren't getting relegated this year, as much as it pains me to say.
2: <laughs> no, Yeah, Genoa they are, are the re- cutoff point in the table. Mm, yeah, they should be
1: safe. And then yeah. um, Rategi scored a lovely goal. That was a great bicycle kick. So You love Rategi,
3: um, don't
1: you? Oh, look, I think it's coming to the point that with Rategi, look, None of the Italian-born strikers are actually doing one. We talk about how rubbish Scamacca's been. Bellotti, you know, he scored for Fiorentina against Florida 90 weeks ago. He hasn't followed that up. Uh, Immobile is, uh, has been and never looked that good for Italy. So I think Rettegi, if he's fit, he'll probably end up going to the Euros. He just one has to stay finest, fit.
0: One of the finest Serie A goal scorers of all time. He scored against Bayern Munich this month and you've just called him a has-been.
1: <laughs> well, he's scoring so. more sporadically. He's not consistent like he does. He's definitely not that twenty-five to thirty goal striker he was until a few years ago.
0: No, agreed. I'm just speaking yeah, on Arsenal McKenzie's behalf. Yeah, so I, I know when, what you mean because I'm yeah. safe
1: at least. Mm, yeah,
0: but okay. Wow, um, I've lost complete track of where we are. My feet are going off on Tiago Mobile, just catching strays. It was I didn't <laughs> expect that at all. Although I should have because I keyed you with Genoa very (laughs) much in the safety zone above that cut off point Bernsey are also Monza who beat Salernitana 2-0 away from home. Daniel Maldini and Matteo Pessina both scoring. Don't know why that's quite a nice little um what's it called? The place where the goal scorers names are
2: uh score sheet.
0: Is it the score sheet? It is the score oh. sheet, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's quite nice. is sitting eleventh, they're just four points behind no, they're not, they're one point behind Napoli, which I don't I don't care. That's funny.
2: <laughs> I mean the have been that crap that the fact that Monza didn't score till the seventy-eighth minute is is slightly embarrassing, actually. Do
0: you know what? I've stopped and there wasn't a point where I consciously decided to do this, but I've stopped considering Salonitana as a Serie A team. I just don't mm-hmm. think of them anymore when I'm thinking about Serie A Vito.
1: Oh, I was just going to say about Bernsey's points, just that I think their strikers just aren't prolific enough and they're not really that good. I mean, Colombo, he scores here and there, but that's about it. But both goals came from midfielders. You know, that Maldini goal was a nice goal. It was a lovely one too and then to slot it in from the angle was good. And Piscina to score one in open play, that was a tidy finish reminded me of um, sort of that season he had with Atalanta um, just before the Euros in 2021 where he was shipping up with some goals in big games and just showed that he's got that ability to make those late runs into the box and finish with a plum.
0: Yeah, that was a funny old Piscina period wasn't it? He, he timed his runs like Frank Lampard for a while and just knew <laughs> how to play with both Muriel and Zapata whoever was playing with him at any particular time. Got big goals as well. Against Napoli, I remember. He scored in the Champions League as well. Like, that's a funny one. I, I wish I wish that man nothing but good. I've always liked him. Never thought he was quite good enough, but I, he seems like a decent enough bloke. Anyway, that's all the games that have been played, I believe, isn't it? I think it is. Vito, give us the rundown on what's been happening in Serie B and what people can expect to read from you on Total
1: com this week. He hasn't been as high scoring as other Serie B rounds this weekend, but I think there were some pretty important results and the results, are, you know, forming nicely as in the positions are forming nicely in the Serie B table. Um, probably to talk about the main points I cover, um, I'd be looking at Padma and that being a draw and I think Cornwall needed that result because they were smashed by Palermo last week. Um, Palermo squandered a lead against Cremonese but I think it's still a good point on the road and for Cremonese they needed to show that they could win by more than just 1-0. So even though the Grigio Rossi didn't win, they showed that they were able to turn things around. And then looking down further to the table, Cittadella are in free fall. I mean, they're in the playoff spots now but they've lost something like six games so they're in a bit of a mess. And then you've got teams like Sampdoria and sudtirol they're in a bit of limbo. They got wins on the weekend, but they're five points from the playoffs, but they're three points from the playoffs. So <laughs> anything can go either way for those two clubs.
0: I've got two questions for you.
1: Yes. Are
0: Spezia looking any more likely to stay up?
1: A little bit, but they're too sporadic. I think they really need to rely on Daniele Verde magic because when he's on song, Spezia have a chance of winning and he scored some absolutely lovely goals. Um, I've said it on a few other platforms that he should still be playing Serie A, but if Mm -hmm. D'Aquilotti have any hope, they need him to fire and be consistent. Um, Most of the other teams, though, they don't look like they're going to drop down too much.
0: Well, that kind of answers my next question. I was going to ask more in hope than anything else, but is there any chance that Regan might get relegated?
1: No, even though they got that, um, and I know it's putting it politely because Portanova, let's Be
0: careful <laughs> yeah, what you're saying here, because I agree with you. What?
1: Mm. Yeah, look, there's there are no excuses to describe that, mate. Look, Rejana's mm. a team, though. I think Nesta's doing alright, coaching-wise, and they do have some decent players like uh, Gondo and, and Tista. They look good. um, But yeah, they do have a lot of things about them that you just don't really like. And I've never rated the goalkeeper Francesco Bardi. I think even though he has some decent saves in him, he's always prone to errors. So, Reggiana, look, they should be safe, but yeah, they're not a likable team, even though they do have some likable aspects for reasons we can't go or we should. For reasons which should allow us to tread safe. Yeah,
0: we just need to choose our words very carefully, but what we can't say is absolutely. Rape, yeah. um, gang rape, and been charged with six years in prison. So he's still playing football, which is nice. But Ewan, sorry for yes. me, there women, sorry, ah, it's not happening at the moment. No, it's gone away for three weeks.
2: There's nothing happening. Um, but the national team played, did didn't they? And you were they present. They
0: will play again. Um, I will say. We, ha- we have it confirmed that the communication from the FIGC about the fixtures for the Scudetto and survival pools will come at half past 12 on Monday. So by the time this is out, it will probably be out. But yes, this week is an international break. Then we've got two weekends which are dedicated solely to the Coppa Italia semi-final, first and second legs. But it's an international break and, and Ireland were here. Ireland were in Florence. So this Irishman went to Florence and it was weird. and. I saw some people that I know and then that was the moment when they realized that I was Irish. I was always just like the non-Italian guy and then they were oh you're one of them today. And I was I was very much one of them today and <laughs> I finished nil-nil so I was it was fine. It was quite nice. It did feel weird though seeing Italy against Ireland because I didn't really know. Well I, I did want Ireland to win as we discussed on the pod last week. Renzi, but it, it did feel funny
2: yeah i imagine it would have um i had to pay absolutely zero attention to it completely because um i went to drive my car and it had a flat battery so all of that happened during the game basically um
0: that's not ideal
2: i was occasionally checking twitter but it was also being a women's international friendly it it was wasn't the sort of thing where you really can get alerts or anything for it You you have to you have to seek out your information that's a
0: fair point the one thing we do need to say because i think she is a person that transcends women's football is saragama played her final game for for the utori after 140 appearances almost 18 years after her debut she's called time on her international career she's still continuing to play for for juventus but i i saw a lot of people respond to the tweets that both the figc and juventus women's accounts put out put up um and a lot of people who from a quick look on their profiles didn't follow women's football in any way or even necessarily follow Juventus in anyway uh we're saying she's the first female footballer i ever knew and i've known of her for a long time and that is quite an impressive feat and to to be as much of a role model as she is and you and we i made this point on the women's pod last week as well but to do that all while being a, a black woman in italy is is an incredible feat and I think we can all just say hats off to Saragama on what was a phenomenal, like, stuff of fairy tales, international career. So, credit to her. We will talk about that a little bit more on the women's podcast this week. And they got England. They've got England in another friendly. But I don't want to watch that one. But I probably will anyway. Anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll be back in midweek with the. Bonus pods, and we'll have to do a normal men's bonus pod as well for the midweek games and the Monday games because they're quite considerable. We've got Roma Torino on Monday as well as Fiorentino Lazio, and then on Wednesday, we've got Sassuolo Napoli and Inter Atlanta, which are both match day 21 games. So we're going back to the past for those games in the future. Anyway, Vito, say goodbye. Goodbye, Bernsey
2: Say something. bye. See oh, ya. Look at that, you ruined it. Fine. Let's go then, shall we? Look
0: at you scrambling because you forgot <laughs> to press the
2: ah! <laughs> uh, Still can't find it.